Hi friends, welcome back to the Daily Bible Project podcast and we're in episode 192 which is season 2 part 123 of our journey together through the entire Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, Lord willing I hope you can stay with me for as long as we can do this together and hopefully work through the whole Bible I'd like to remind you of where we finished last time. We're in Genesis chapter 16 and we're hearing the story of Hagar and Ishmael, predominantly in this closing section, second half of chapter 16. So let me just remind you of where we finished last time. The text told us in verse 6 that after Adam had slept with his concubine on Sarah's prompting, remember, then this happened. It says, then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she flew away. So, what a mess. I don't know any other way to say it. Sarah failed as a wife, Hagar failed as a maid, and Abraham failed as a husband and a man as well. That summarizes, that describes this entire situation. So at this point, we see Hagar flees the scene. Now, the next part of the passage we're going to look at today describes the intervention of God. We know that if this mess is going to get cleaned up, God's going to need to get involved. So let's look at the next couple of verses, chapter 16, verses 7 and 8, which tells us this. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, she replied. Now, I think the question the angel of the Lord asks He already knows the answer to. The Lord didn't ask to seek information. I believe he's asking Hagar in order to get her to think about it and bring her to a point of self-awareness, I suppose I could describe it as. And her reply is, I'm running away from my mistress Sarai. By the way, Hagar was an Egyptian, remember that, and the fact that she's on the road to Shur means she's heading back to Egypt. But we'll talk more about that later. But for the moment, I want to take a little bit of a segue and comment about this use of the term, the angel of the Lord here. I'm of the opinion, and so are a vast majority of the commentators, that this little phrase, angel of the Lord, in this passage, is referring to the pre-incarnate Christ. Because the term used has a particular inflection that refers to the salvation aspect of the purpose and the will of God. Now, it seems to me that Hagar also recognizes this because later in verse 13, we will see her say to him, to the angel of the Lord, you are the God who sees me. You, she says, I have now seen the one who sees me. I believe that Hagar knew she was in fact speaking to the Lord. So clearly the angel of the Lord in this passage, although appearing, we know, of course, that Jesus hasn't appeared yet on earth. So theologians, what they call, in this case and in a few cases like this, this is an appearance of the pre-incarnate Christ, or a Christophany, to give it its old-fashioned name. Now the phrase angel of the Lord Now, the phrase angel of the Lord appears 48 times in the Bible, so don't make the mistake of looking at it and every time you see it, think that it's talking about Jesus. On some occasions, it's just referring to a messenger from God. And we know that, of course, because the term angel simply means messenger. 
but there are some passages where it is generally agreed that something else is going on, and this is absolutely recognised as one of those passages. And in this occasion and a few others, it's talking about the appearance of the pre-incarnate Christ. So the angel of the Lord, on this occasion, he appears and he gives Hagar some instructions. So I'll pick up the text in verse 9, and it tells us this. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of the man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards his brothers. That's finishing at verse 12. Now I want to talk about some of the details going on here that I believe bring this passage right up into the 21st century. In the first place, he says to Hagar, go back to your mistress. That's the will of God for you and that's what I want you to do. But in the meantime, I'm going to tell you that this pregnancy that you have, it will lead to the birth of a son. Now, this is before ultrasound, of course, so she would have had no way of knowing at that point whether she was going to have a male or a female child. But you're going to have a son, the Lord says, and I'm telling you to name him Ishmael. Now, the name Ishmael simply means God hears. So he's saying, I want you to name your son in such a way that you will never forget what I've told you today. But he then warns her, that son's going to be a bit of a wild, untamed animal. He's going to wreak havoc everywhere he goes. Everybody's going to be against him, and he's going to be against everybody. So that raises the question, who Ishmael represents? Who is Ishmael the father of today? Well, the answer to that question is the Arab nations. Now, I want to be clear here. Don't worry, I'm not some Christian Bible teacher making an unsubstantiated claim here. Absolutely not. In fact, in the Arab world, they also claim on both biblical and Quranic authority that they are indeed the children of Israel. But what this tells me, you know that conflict in the Middle East that's between Jews and Arabs? Well, it started here 4,000 years ago when a lady called Sarai came up with a bright idea that her husband Abraham should spend one night in a tent with another woman. So the next time you read the newspaper and the Jews and Arabs are going at it, remember Genesis 16 and all that happened there because all this happened because Abraham spent one night in a tent with the wrong woman. Well, we'll pick up the story and what it means next time. Thanks for joining me. Bye for now.